Hello and welcome to the Flourishing Teacher Podcast. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the traditional lands of the Bunwarung people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. I am your host, Paige Tan, and I am a teacher wellbeing coach who supports teachers and educators to prioritize themselves in order to free themselves from burnout, all while achieving balance and honoring their boundaries. Remember, you are a human being first and a teacher second. Living a mindful and balanced life is absolutely possible for teachers all around the world, despite what the statistics say. So, are you ready to start living your life in flow? And more importantly, are you ready to flourish? Hello lovely teachers, welcome to another episode of The Flourishing Teacher. In this episode I'm going to be talking all about this thing called teacher burnout, what it is, my own personal experience with it, as well as some strategies that you can put in place in your life if you find yourself on the brink of burnout or if you're facing burnout in the face right now. Before I dive into this episode, I just wanted to mention that in celebration of the launch of this podcast, I am running a free masterclass, making the most of your holidays. This masterclass is running next week on Thursday, the 15th of December, and it is created to support teachers just like you to set yourselves up to prioritize your well-being this upcoming holiday. I know that there are so many incredible teachers out there who could do with support right now as we gear up for the summer holidays here in Australia and the year-end holidays for everyone else around the world. If this sounds like something that you are interested in, there is a link that you can click in the show notes to register for this free masterclass. So let's get straight into this episode. Oh, teacher burnout. This phrase that has often come up in conversations among teaching communities and more so in the last two years or so. I mean, who can blame us, right? There's been a pandemic. We have moved online to teach, we have moved offline to teach and having to transition back. There's just so much going on and there's so many external factors that have contributed to this increasing um, notion of burnout in the industry. Yes, some days we know teaching is a wonderful and rewarding job. I mean, we're educating young minds, we're encouraging students, we're making differences in their lives. But hands up, who can relate to this? Others, other days, it's just draining and exhausting and, to be frank, really thankless. The workload over the years has increased dramatically, particularly with the amount of time spent off on tasks outside of what we actually came into teaching to do, which is to teach. 
So what is teacher burnout? Teacher burnout is really more than just a bad day every once in a while. For many educators, burnout can feel like the Sunday blues. It can feel like the Sunday night anxiety and dread that bubbles up when the thought of the new week is coming. However, having said that, having the Sunday blues once in a while, that's not quite burnout. Burnout is really ongoing anxiety over time that can have serious negative effects on your work and life. So if you find yourself feeling those Sunday blues every Sunday for a term, two terms, three terms, and things don't seem like they are getting any better, you are probably in Burnoutville right now. Psychology Today defines burnout as a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism, detachment and feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. So much to break down there. But some key words and key phrases that stick out there is chronic stress, Physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism, detachment, ineffectiveness, and lack of accomplishment. So much to break down. Well, a bit of statistics here for you. Data collected before the pandemic showed that 58% of Australian teachers were already feeling quite a bit quite a lot of stress in their jobs which is higher than the OECD average of 49% and according to a 2017 survey by the American Federation of Teachers 61% of teachers say their jobs are always or often stressful to make matters worse 58% of respondents said that the stress impacted their mental health. So now knowing what burnout actually is, what are some of the symptoms of teacher burnout? As mentioned before in the definition of burnout that I read out, it is a state of chronic stress that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism and feelings of ineffectiveness. So let us approach the symptoms of burnout from these three key different categories. So firstly, physical and emotional exhaustion could look like this. You're always tired. Your sleep is affected. Teachers experiencing burnout may feel exhausted even after hours of sleep because they are doing so much during the day. Like their mental cognitive load is just on overdrive. Yeah, alternatively, teachers who are suffering from burnout may have trouble sleeping as burnout can manifest in disruption to one's sleep. You may find yourself becoming more and more forgetful and you might find yourself having trouble concentrating on task at hand, which then leads to emotions like anger, anxiety, depression. Yeah, 
So teachers experiencing burnout may also experience symptoms of depression and despair. Yeah, a loss of interest, feelings of hopelessness, anxiety, irritability. These symptoms of ill mental health may be present when burnout is in the picture. When teachers are experiencing burnout, they may feel like they are constantly in a survival mode each day and that their fuse is really short. Then we've got cynicism, which could be a sense of detachment from your job. Your feelings about your teaching role can turn negative and cynical. You may begin to look at life through a glass is half empty perspective. Teachers experiencing burnout may also stop attending social or family functions. They may avoid collaborating or sharing with their colleagues and other teachers. And when they do communicate with their peers, more often than not, the purpose of those communication channels may usually be to complain about everything that's going on in the teaching world, whether students, parents, school, administration, admin, workload, all those things. Yeah, they often struggle to see anything positive about their surroundings. And with withdrawal, then comes depersonalization, which is a feeling of almost like alienation or a negative attitude toward your surroundings. And not just at work, but outside of work, in your personal life too. And thirdly, in comes the feelings of ineffectiveness or incompetence. As mentioned before, a lack of productivity and motivation may begin to make a consistent appearance in your day-to-day. And in the long run, the lack of productivity and the lack of motivation, ultimately, they're going to lead to poor performance. I don't know about you, but I remember starting my teaching career full of inspiration. And I think most teachers start their careers with that. We're driven to make a difference. We believe in our ability to effect change and feel motivated to guide this next generation that's growing up. And then good old teacher burnout, a good old mate, quashes this inspiration and drive. Yeah, rather than feeling excited to meet new students at the beginning of the year, burned out teachers are going to feel dread about the things that may go wrong. Instead of feeling confident in their ability to make a difference in their students' lives, they may feel like they are just fighting a battle that they're not going to win. If more than one of those sound familiar to you, there's a pretty good chance you're staring teacher burnout straight in the eye. I personally found myself beginning to feel some of these symptoms of burnout right around the fifth year of my teaching career. The administrative workload just seemed to increase year in and year out. And I found that I was spending time on so many things that did not focus on teaching, which was the very thing that that led me to wanting to become a teacher in the first place. 
These tasks then started to build resentment in me as I found myself spending more and more time on them, which resulted in less and less time to actually plan good lessons and spend time on actually connecting with my students, which ultimately has always been my teaching philosophy from day one. And on top of continuing to show up for my students and to support them in all the ways that I possibly could, having these other tasks to do outside of school hours definitely took its toll on me. Whether it was planning for lessons, marking, reporting, sending emails, making phone calls, these things tended to happen outside of school hours a lot. Yeah, but outside of that, I neglected my body big time with a massive lack of exercise and I definitely wasn't eating well. I also had all sorts of excuses when I tried to step away from work for a bit and give myself some me time. The guilt just came rushing in whenever I would try to give myself a break even when I knew that it was exactly what my body and my mind and my soul really needed at that time. That Teacher guilt is real, isn't it? I remember that I was feeling like I was losing my sense of purpose and practically losing my identity in the one that I had as a teacher. When teachers lose their sense of purpose, when they start feeling fatigued and overwhelmed, And when they begin to withdraw from work, students are going to be the first ones who feel the effect. And not surprisingly at all, there are research out there that indicates that teacher burnout negatively impacts students. Several studies have shown that teacher turnover doesn't solely impact the individual students who lose their teachers. Research has also repeatedly shown that high turnover affects the achievement of all students in a school. Because even when teachers who are burnt out stay on, students do pay a price. Teachers who are overwhelmed by stress are probably going to use less effective teacher strategies, which really is going to affect the clarity of their instruction and also their classroom behavior management skills. With these impacts, not just on ourselves, but on the students under our care, it really comes as no surprise that this is a conversation that needs to be had more often in our teaching community. So how can we implement some proactive strategies to prevent burnout and to actually treat the symptoms that we are feeling right now before we find ourselves right smack in the middle of burnoutville? Over the years, I've tried a whole heap of different things to get myself back on track. And I'm not going to sit here and say that all of these strategies are going to work for you. However, my hope is that this might be a good start for you, especially if you're not too sure where to even begin to give yourself some time.
So here are my top five tips and strategies to help prevent teacher burnout. Or if you find yourself deep in it, hopefully these will help you begin your recovery from burnout itself. So number one, talk about it. Sit down with a loved one, call a friend, go for a tea or a coffee with a colleague that you trust and get along with. If you can, talk to someone with their own teaching experience. They will be able to understand and empathize with what you're feeling. And the key here is to simply start talking. Yeah, there's no right or wrong as to how to approach this. Get it all out. Rant, laugh, cry. Don't hold anything back. Because the more you choose to withhold, the more your feelings of stress and frustration will build up and bubble over into your teaching role. And that isn't fair for you. And that isn't fair for your students either. Whether or not your shoulder to lean on gives you sound advice is irrelevant at this stage. What's most important is to break the isolation of your work and know that you're not alone. Every teacher can probably tell you their own stories of job-related stress. And this is the perfect way to show support for each other and to show compassion not just for one another but for yourself as well tip number two practice self-care i know self-care again one of those things that has been tossed around quite a bit and is almost like a jargon at the moment yeah might sound corny but it does work Self-care routines can help you prioritize your own health. So set some time aside on the weekend or in the evening to do something that benefits you physically or mentally. Think about what relaxes and refreshes you. Some ideas might include meditation, a quick morning yoga routine, Taking a walk and experiencing nature, reading a chapter of your favorite book, creating a sleep schedule and actually sticking to it, or kicking back with your drink of choice and your favorite TV show. While regular spa treatments, massages, bubble baths, glasses of wine, these things alone may not prevent burnout but the right combination of eating right getting enough sleep exercising and making time for yourself are good steps to reduce your stress levels self-care can even be as easy as taking a deep breath studies have proven the health benefits of deep breathing especially when it comes to anxiety and stress relief Remember, when you prioritize yourself, you are better equipped to help your students as well. Number three, know when to take a break and actually take a break. When you start feeling burnout set in, step away from it. Leave your work at work. The thoughts of grading, 
marking, curriculum planning, permission forms, responding to parent emails, writing reports, the list goes on. But try your very best to leave your work at work. Instead of working around the clock, try this. List down everything that needs to get done in the next week. Once that list is complete for today, choose the top three tasks that need to get done. Think of these as your must-do tasks that will make the day more manageable. Now that you've figured out what your top three tasks are for the next day, let go of your work and prioritize yourself for the rest of the night. Whether it's making a delicious dinner, reading your current book, watching your favorite Netflix series or getting to bed early, just allow yourself to switch off knowing that you have written down what the top three must-do tasks for the next day is going to be. It's so important to set boundaries and stick to them. Yes, stepping away from your computer screen at the end of the day and reminding yourself that that time after school is your personal time. It's not work time. I know, as you're listening to this, you might be looking at your workload and going, oh my God, this just sounds impossible. However, if you are someone who is at risk of burnout, you need to begin to make changes right now. After all, you cannot expect to be there for your students if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, it's that good old analogy of filling your own cup up first before you can fill others' cups up. Number four, ask for help when you need it. Burnout can have serious consequences for your mental and physical health over time. So if you're struggling, use the resources that you have around you. You could try visiting your GP, reaching out to a friend or a colleague for support, accessing a coach or a psychologist, a counsellor, a therapist, depending on what your current needs are at the moment. Remember that your mental and physical health comes first well before your to-do list or that next staff meeting you're expected to be at. And lucky number five, reconnect with your why. Return to your sense of purpose by reviewing your mission statement or your teaching philosophy. If you do not have one, consider writing one. Creating a teacher mission statement or philosophy may help you recall why you chose to come into teaching in the first place. Chances are by reconnecting with your why, you also naturally reconnect with what you value most in life. And this perspective shift can be so powerful in getting your well-being back on track. So those are my top five tips, which I'm going to quickly recap for you before we round up this episode. Number one, talk about it. Number two, practice self-care. 
Number three, know when to take a break and actually take a break. Number four, ask for help when you need it. And number five, reconnect with your why. So that's all I've got for you today in this episode. This is something that I am so passionate about and a conversation that I hope all teachers and educators have with others around them. I hope that through this episode, you've taken away with you some things that you can implement right away in your life right now. And I thank you so much for being here and listening and tuning into this episode. I really do hope that it was useful. As mentioned at the start of this episode, I am running a free masterclass next week on Thursday, the 15th of December, making the most of your holidays. And this masterclass has been created to support teachers just like you to set yourself up to prioritize your well-being this upcoming holiday. So if you're ready to take the next step, putting your well-being first, feel free to click the link in the show notes and book your spot in this free masterclass, which I know is going to be so valuable as you step into your holidays with intention. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'm looking forward to having you with me on the masterclass next week and also on the next episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Flourishing Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode today, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are tuning in from. Also, I would be eternally grateful if you would share this podcast with all the other superhero teachers in your life who would benefit from listening to these conversations about prioritizing their well-being. Join me on my mission to spread the word and spread the importance of teacher and educator well-being. Thank you so much for being here and I'm looking forward to having you on the next episode.